Thank you, Allison. Appreciate that. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I want to share with you tonight thoughts about realizing God's presence in our lives. And I wondered if you've ever maybe noticed as the more busy we become, the more busy our lives become, I should say, the more people we meet, the more people we get to know, the more things we have, uh, just life in general as as it goes at a, at a faster pace, I wonder sometimes, if you ever notice that maybe for some, God seems far away and we seem more alone than ever. I know there are some people who feel that way. I know there are times in my life where I have felt that way. Uh, it just seems like you're just a little more separated from Him for whatever reason. It can be a, a number of reasons. I find often our drive for success or our hunger for individualism or, or the world's ways, if you will, uh, leaves us empty. And that's a good thing, because that should help drive us to God. Wouldn't you agree? So we don't want to get filled with the world's thing and then feel full at the same time. We should feel empty, but it doesn't always feel good. And you know, the lifestyle like that, that is a, filled with the world's things, can get us caught up in a way of thinking that is more worldly, more humanistic, uh, and just takes us nowhere fast. And God at times can certainly feel so, so distant from us. But the fact of the matter is, we don't have to feel that way. We don't have to feel alone because we have never been left alone. That's the key. When Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples, he comforted them with these words in John chapter 14, I will, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. And in Hebrews chapter 5, very familiar passage of Scripture, verse 3, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we cling to those words sometimes, especially when God feels so far from us or we feel so alone. But he hasn't left us alone. In fact, that's what I want to share with you tonight. No matter where we go or what we do, we're always in his presence. And I want you to think about that. That's one basic principle or one attribute of God, if you will, that we either forget sometimes or we ignore or we just don't truly understand, and that is the presence of God in our lives and realizing that presence of God in our lives. Let me ask you a question. At what times in your life is your awareness of the presence of God most important to you? Is it times when things are going great? The times when you're struggling, the times where just maybe things are just just level, going going along smoothly, no ups, no no downs. Is that when his presence, the re realization of his presence in your life, is the most prominent to you? I usually find it's when 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 things are really really down, and then the only way you can look is up. Then all of a sudden you have this new realization of his presence, and uh, rightly so. I'm not saying it's bad. But sometimes we just, we, we, we live our lives that way, up and down, up and down in the presence of God. Well, here in Acts chapter 17, I want to give you a little background before, very little background before we start to read. We have Paul and his team here, if you will. They had been over in Thessalonica and Berea. They're doing a great job there. They're preaching the gospel. And they were so popular that the people said, well, these men are, are upsetting the world. And now they've come here also to upset us. Now, what a great testimony if you're that bold in the faith. 
Now Paul's in Athens, and he's talking to the Greek scholars of the day, and I want you to look at verse 21. It says, Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend, time, would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I pass along and observe the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and the imagination of man, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And we're just going to stop there. I want you to think about this. I want, as we, as we think about this passage of Scripture, I want us to look at the reality of the presence of God as Paul shares it here with us, and how can we, we can apply it to our world today. You see, one of the problems with the Athenians back then was that they localized God. They would say things like, well, God is here, and God is here, and God is here, and there's a God here, and they had all kinds of gods for all kinds of things. They had, they had all kinds of temples to worship their gods in. They had all kinds of altars to worship and, and, and call them to, to represent their gods. They, they had all kinds of objects for their gods. And I want you to notice what he says here in verse 24 and verse 25. He tells them, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. I want you to think about this for a minute. If God made this world and everything in it, God is not the same as creation, correct? Sometimes we, we forget that, but that's, that's the truth. Now, there will be those who say to you, I want you to look at that tree. That tree is God. There's the God of trees, there's the tree God, there's all kinds of things you could say about it. And that's what some people do. And sometimes we think it's funny, but that's really true to many people. Or they say, they say, look at that cloud, that cloud, that's God. Or look at that flower, that beautiful flower, that, that's God. Folks, that's not God, as you know. God and creation are not synonymous. God is above and beyond and outside of creation. He is the creator, and we need to keep that in mind. That, that's what Paul says. Uh, saying to them here, look at verse 24 once again, when he says, the God who made the earth, or made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by man. You, you can't confine God to a place, just one, one little place. The truth is, 
and, and, and we need to listen to this carefully, the presence of God, uh, that we are in the presence of God because everything that exists, exists in the presence of God. That's what we have to get in our minds. That's the way we have to look at it. Not that, not that God is here or there, and, and God, how many here have ever, God is everywhere? Well, He is everywhere, but it's more than that. We exist in His very presence. And the attribute that this is called, is called omnipresence. He is always present. So there isn't any place you can go outside of His presence, because that's where we exist. We may have someone say, oh, I believe that God is omnipresent. I believe that he is present everywhere. I believe that the Bible teaches that he is. Well, if that's the case, then the reality of God's presence in this world and the reality that all that it is in existence exists in the presence of God, then maybe, that's a, maybe that should alter the way we think and maybe the way we live. Don't just think of God as everywhere. Think of yourselves as in the in the very presence of God, we exist in His presence. And sometimes, and this, and this is what I'm, I hope I can, I can help you understand this. Like, like we have trees, well, at least in Michigan, let's put it this way. We have trees everywhere, right? The, no, I don't want you to mix up the trees with God thing, but we have trees everywhere. So if you were, if you were from Michigan and you lived in the state of Michigan and someone said, boy, look at those trees over there, you... You would know what they're talking about. You just assume that everybody realizes there are a lot of trees in Michigan. Okay? Because they're everywhere. That's not the same as God being everywhere. Does that make sense? God, we exist in his presence. We exist in him. We don't exist in trees even though there's trees everywhere. Okay? So that, that's, that's kind of what I want you to understand. There's, there's a difference between the two. You see, we talk about coming into the, his presence or, or coming into the presence of God, but we never have to pray to God to come into his presence. We may pray to feel his presence or realize his presence. We don't have to pray to come into his presence. We exist in it. We can't get out of it. We don't have any choice about it. That's just the way that it is. And that's what I mean. So, 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 if, I, so, so if I see God as someone who is out there, or if I see God who's someone who's over there or, or, or just around or whatever you want to call it, then, I, then when I need him, and I want to talk to him when I need him, I have to go through this space or this stuff to get to him that's between me and him. And, that, and that's not true. Because we exist in his presence. We don't have to go through anything. He is there. And sometimes I think we miss that. The teaching in Scripture is not that God is over there or out there or... Just, just everywhere, but the teaching is that he exists and we exist in his presence. And he is there always. He says, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. And everything that exists, exists in the presence of a living almighty God. And that's you and me. We exist in his presence. Not only that, God is fully present everywhere at all times. So there's not a time when we don't exist in his presence. Everything that, that has been, has been in his presence. Everything that is, is in his presence. Everything that shall ever be will exist in his presence. So it, there hasn't been like a, a time when God, we, there, there was just creation or whatever you want to call it, just out there, and then God said, well, I think I'll just exist in their presence. And, and then now there's a time that we are, and then there's going to come a time in the future where, well, I'm tired with those people, and 
I'm just no longer going to exist with them. It's not going to happen. It is all we have always been. We've always existed in his presence. I want you to, to turn real quick back to Psalm 139, a very familiar psalm. And uh, we use it quite often, especially during the, uh, or we look at it quite often, especially during the sanctity of, of Life Sunday, Human Life Sunday. And there's so much in this psalm, but I just want to share with you uh, 12 verses, the first 12 verses that help us, I hope help us understand what it means to exist in his presence. In verse 1 it says, O Lord, you have searched me. David writes, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, cannot attain it. That's existing in his presence. Okay? But then he goes on and says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. There is no place that one can hide from the presence of God. Because all that exists, exists in the presence of the Lord God. Now, all of us should spend some time alone with God. Don't, let me, don't, don't, don't forget that. We should spend some time meditating on His Word, talking with Him. But we are never out of His presence when we have to do so. In other words, don't ever, we know I need to spend some time with the Lord this morning. Every morning, that's, that's kind of a good thing, or sometime during the day, correct? And so I'm going to go into this room where God is, because that's where his presence is, and I'm going to spend some time with God. And then I'm going to come out and fix dinner. Because, you know, God's not, God's not there. Well, I know he's, he's, he's everywhere, but where I spend my time with him is in there. That's where his presence is. That's just not the case. We exist in his presence. It isn't that we walk out of some room somewhere and where God was not and into some room where God is so we can get in touch with him. It doesn't work that way at all. And listen closely. If you're a believer and you know the Lord is your Savior, you are instantaneously in touch with him when you go to the Lord in prayer. You realize that? You are instantaneously, because you dwell in the presence of God, there's nothing between you and the presence of God. There's nothing between you and God. So when you think about things in your life, when you think about your life, maybe the difficulties you've been through, maybe the hardships you've endured, maybe some of the heartaches uh, that, you're, that you're suffering through, as well as the blessings that have come your way or the, or the good times that you've experienced, you've, any of that, the sin that, that you've been involved in, do you realize you've never taken one single step outside the presence of God? Not one single step doesn't make any difference whether you're a Christian or not. Whether you're aware of him or not, that doesn't, that doesn't make any difference either. God was there. In our, in our class on, on Wednesday nights, in the crisis counseling class, uh, we're talking about those who have, uh, have been uh, victims of, of sexual abuse and counseling, working our way through that. One of the very first questions you will get asked if you're ever counseling somebody, so where was God when this happened to me? Where was God when this was taking place? You know what your answer is? 
He was there. He was there. Now you need to go from there, and I don't have time to share that with you tonight, but he was there. It wasn't that, oh, I'm not going in that room where that's taking place. He was there. All these things, all that ever has happened to you, all that's ever taken place has happened in the presence of God. It doesn't make any difference whether you're a Christian or not. It has all happened that way. It all happened in his presence. At any moment, think about this, and this should help the way we live. If in, at, at any moment, if you, were, if you were to call upon him, you were to ask for his forgiveness, if you were to repent of your sins, if, you were, if you're not saved and you, were, you ask if you're, asked forgiveness and, and ask to trust him as your savior, he would make himself very known to you because you exist in his presence. And I think that's important for all of us to realize in a very real way. The very idea of thinking that, that you and I can sin and live as we please and God doesn't know about it, it's just crazy. And it's false. But sometimes we think that way. Just maybe 10 or 15 minutes out of the day. Or maybe a little more. You see, it doesn't make any difference what goes on. It goes on in the presence of God. Every time, think about this, every time you or anybody you know has told a lie, you lie in the presence of God. Every lie that's ever been told, every lie that's ever been told has been told in the presence of God. Who knew the truth, by the way? Every theft that has ever taken place has taken place in the presence of God. Who knew who did it, knew when they did it, why they did it, where they did it, God knows. There are no unsolved crimes that God doesn't know about. Every act of immorality has been performed, every single one has been performed in the presence of God, no matter what it was. That's a strange thought when you think about it, isn't it? All the gossip that's ever been spoken has been spoken in the presence of God. So when someone comes up to you and says, you know what, nobody knows about this, or nobody knows about so-and-so but me and you, stop right there. You need to stop because God knows exactly what you said. Folks, at the all-present, God has heard everything that you and I have ever said to anybody and everybody. He doesn't need emails. He doesn't need Facebook. He doesn't need any of that. He knows all that is ever, ever, or, or every thought we've ever had. We ought to think about that. We ought to understand that in a new way. He has seen everything we have ever done. And the idea, the very idea of hiding anything from God is absolutely and totally unscriptural because we exist in his presence. Now, if that's the case, that is true, should that affect the way we live? It should. It's very important to God that you and I understand that he wants us to be aware of his presence. He doesn't want that to be a surprise to you. He wants us to be aware of his presence. It's interesting in, in scripture, when you look at some of God's servants and God asks them to do something, he always assures them that he'll be with them. If you remember the story of Moses, when when God said, I want you to, to lead my people out of bondage, out of Egypt. Of course, Moses' reply was he had all kinds of excuses why he can't, I can't talk very well, and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what God tells him? God tells him, I surely will be with you. He's going to be there. He knew. He did it all in his presence. Joshua, I think of that story, taking over an awesome task of leading the people of Israel, or the nation of Israel, after the great prophet Moses. And and, and God tells him, as I was with Moses, 
so shall I be with you. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He, he understood what it is to exist in the presence of God. As believers, God is always with us. Always. He is never, never away from us. Do you believe that? Do you truly understand that? And, and here again, I don't, I don't want you to think that, that it's, it's more than just him being everywhere. It's existing in his presence. It's, it's more than just, it's more than just uh, realizing that he's in everything. It's existing in his presence. You know, earlier I mentioned about, well, you know, there's that tree and, and that's God. There's, we usually say there's a beautiful tree or, or a landscape or clouds or whatever it is that we think is beautiful and say God created that. And that's true. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And, 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 and God nourishes that, and, and he's just created this beautiful creation around us, and he has. Don't mistake that for him not being here, though, in our presence, that we exist. That exists. He not only created it, he still exists. It still exists in his presence. And uh, sometimes I think we can separate that in our lives, and we need to be very careful not to do that. All through the Bible, God continually assures us of his presence. And he wants us to be aware of his presence. Paul put it this way, I think, one good way in, in, in Scripture, in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He understood what it was to live in the presence of God in his existence. It reminds me of, oh boy, a story that probably all of you have heard, but I'm going to share it with you one more time, okay? And it's a good story, so I think it, it, I think it helps drive this point home before we close. You're going to get out of here early tonight, so that's my gift to you for keeping you late this morning. It's a story of, story of like I said, an, an old story many of you probably heard, but it's a, still a good one. It's a story told of the shepherds long ago, that if they, they had a lamb that would keep strain from their presence... And everything they would do, they would try to, to get the lamb to remain with them and the rest of the flock. Everything they do and everything they tried uh, didn't seem to work. And so the story goes that they would take and take that lamb and they would take that little lamb and break one of its legs so it couldn't walk. And then, uh, and then the shepherd would do something really amazing. He would pick up that lamb and he would carry it wherever he went. And he would... He would do that. He would carry that lamb until the lamb's legs began to heal. Leg began to heal, and by the time the lamb's leg had healed enough to walk again, the lamb had been so used to the presence of the shepherd that he ceased to stray ever again. That's understanding what it means to be in the presence of God and existing in His presence. Sometimes I think we're a lot like that little lamb, and sometimes God doesn't break our legs. Sometimes he chastises us maybe or maybe he points things out in our lives to bring us back to him so that we understand in a fuller sense what it means to exist in the presence of God. Well, how are you, how are you doing? How, are, how aware are you of his presence in your life? Is his presence a reality? 
is it, is it something that you understand? You know, back in Acts chapter 17, verse 27 says that you should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. He's not far at all. We exist in his presence. He is there. God isn't just concerned that you're saved, by the way. That's very important. But once you're saved, he wants you to be aware of his presence. Does that help? I hope that helps all of us realize the things we think, say, and do. We don't have to go anywhere. We, it, it takes place right in the presence of God. Whether you understand it, whether you're aware of it, whether you like it, whether you believe it or not, it exists. We exist in the presence of God. Well, let's bow our heads and we'll close in a word of prayer. Father, I am so grateful for your presence. I'm grateful, Father, that you have this, your word that we can share together. We can find these things out, Father. Help us to realize what it means to exist in your presence. What it means, Father, to, to, truly, to tr truly trust you and understand uh, the things that maybe need to change in our lives because we do exist in your presence. You know all that we have done. Everything we've done, said, think, We've done it in, the pres in your presence. Father, that's an awesome thought when we break it down. I pray now that they're here tonight, those who are here tonight, that they will realize in a new way the presence of God in their life. Thank you, Father, once again in Christ's name. Amen.